We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, KJ Podcast, my people. Hope everyone's having a Merry Christmas Eve. I found 20 minutes here to sneak away, give you some 49ers opinions about their week 16 loss to the Chicago Bears. 14-9, ugly game, but very competitive game where you saw Nick Mullins make some plays, make some boneheaded plays. You saw Richard Sherman get ejected for a fight. And the 49ers ultimately lose and hold the number three pick right now in the NFL draft. They're 4-11 on the year. Their strength of schedule puts them in position right now. If they lose to the LA Rams next week, they'd be picking number three overall. At the end of the day, do you want to see Nick Mullins scramble on fourth and four and get that touchdown to beat the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it would have been incredible for that type of win. But you're going to live with this. It's been a really painful season, and 49ers fans deserve a nice little prize from it, picking number three overall, especially when there's so many other five and ten teams right now. There's so many teams that have also had hellish seasons, and the Niners are feeling kind of good about the way they've played and are yet still picking above a bunch of teams like the Giants and the Buccaneers, teams that just... They don't like their quarterback situation. They don't like their coaching situation, really. The 49ers have a quarterback, have a coach, and are still picking above these guys in the draft during a wasted season. I love that. I absolutely love that. Blue Wire is the sports network I started, bluewirepods.com. We are launching two legit NBA podcasts in the next couple of weeks, growing to much bigger markets. You'll be seeing us in 2019, hopefully 
in as many major cities as possible. Yeah, I mean, this 49ers loss reminded me of the Chargers earlier in the year, kind of the Packers earlier in the year, where the 49ers kind of punched a better team in the mouth early in the game, had the lead, and then just ultimately made some boneheaded mistakes, couldn't make enough plays, but did show some nice little signs here where I I didn't hate this loss. This could have been ugly. This could have been disgusting. And I'm walking away saying the 49ers really fought and punched and got up with a 9-7 lead at halftime. You hate settling for field goals. If there's one big issue to take away from this season about Kyle, it is some of the stalling out. And then you can point, hey, he doesn't have his full personnel, so you can't really judge him at all. That's not a huge sticking point for me. Yeah, I mean, it was the mistakes that cost the 49ers the game. The Marquise Goodwin dropped interception. It's on him. Maybe Mullins shouldn't throw that pass, but I feel like uh, Goodwin was a little scared, saw an oncoming defender, and didn't want to have a concussion. And you don't really blame him for that because he's protecting his body, but it did kind of cost the team the game. Remember that drive, Mullins rolled out to his right through a deep 35-yard bomb to George Kittle, who beat Kyle Fuller in coverage. Kendrick Bourne made a nice leaping catch over the middle. That was their best drive of the game. And then all of a sudden it's halted by Marquise Goodwin. The bigger point about Marquise Goodwin is not just the drop there. It's 2018 as an entire season. Hasn't been his best showing. And it makes me think the 49ers should go into 2019 with the idea they need to acquire a top flight receiver to pair with Dante Pettis. I don't think you want Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin as your starters next season. Let's get Jimmy G another type of weapon here. If it's a second or third round pick for a receiver, I don't hate that. It's not going to be a first rounder. I don't think it's Randall Cobb. I don't think it's Golden Tate. 49ers really don't have trade ammo. It's a lot more difficult to just snap your fingers and say, hey, let's replace Marquise Goodwin. And I think him as a spot starter, him mixing in more at the slot, him being used as more of a chess piece instead of a starter, is really, I mean, he hasn't been playing too much. I didn't see the official snap cuts before I sat down, but he didn't play much in the first half. How much of it is the personal reasons? Let's give him a little bit of a pass here, and maybe he can bounce back strong. But you're talking about Jimmy G making the playoffs next season. Tim Kawakami's predicting this team's in the playoffs next season. I'm close to saying that, but I'd like to see the weaponry upgraded a little bit and then these field goal drives become touchdown drives and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back too. Nothing will look like a carbon copy next season. There's going to be Jarek McKinnon's going to be back. Matt Breida got hurt again too. I mean that's another big issue coming away from the game. Matt Breida's gotten injured in more games than he stayed healthy in. He's had to leave. It's got to be close to eight or nine games with an injury and he has number one talent but Again, I think he gets kind of minimized next year with Jarek McKinnon. There was a lot of different packages and screen game stuff going on in training camp that they saw. I think it's clear some pages of the playbook were ripped out with Jarek McKinnon. And Brita did a nice job, but we should see two upgrades on offense next season. Another receiver in place of Marquise Goodwin and Jarek McKinnon as the 1A and Matt Brita as the 1B. So, and Jimmy Garoppolo, so then you think this offense is in an even better position. But going against Vic Fangio and this amazing squad, and Nick Mullins only got sacked once. He was under pressure all day. 
The 49ers O-line kind of got dominated. That was to be expected. But the offense still operated, even without a running game. Nick Mullins threw for, I think it was 235 net yards. That's fifth against the Bears this season. There's a lot of other quarterbacks who have struggled. And I thought the 49ers did enough. Run defense looked pretty good, too. They shut down to Rick Cohen. There was a couple big plays. Tarverius Moore made the biggest play of the game. Your third-round pick, who was supposed to be a redshirt season, steps in for a killer Witherspoon. He got beat on one touchdown. He's going to have to work on his technique in the end zone, the red zone. That's where he's getting picked on. But third and three to strip that ball, punch it out, that would have been the game. He gave the 49ers offense a chance to win. Yeah, two forced turnovers. Who is this 49ers team? Can you imagine? They should be 0-16 with their third-string quarterback and their defense hasn't forced a turnover since Halloween. And here it is Christmas. DeForest Buckner had a sack. Yeah, I was very... Like, the game was boring, and it was kind of like, ugh, this is a little frustrating. But looking back on it and looking at the numbers coming from it, and I'm sure the film was going to say this too, 49ers punched, and they didn't get knocked out, really. They were right with the Bears. Mitch Trubisky, their game plan on offense is... The short passing is so annoying. It's like they're running the ball down the field. I think he was like 25 of 29 or something. He didn't throw many incompletions. It was one of his better games of the year. They moved the pocket so well with him and kind of minimized any pass rush. Our boy Cassius Marsh, five and a half sacks on the year. Um, Solly T was kind of quiet, I would think. I'd have to rewatch it, but I don't, I don't recall him making that big of an impact. K1 Williams came out. Had a nice tackle on third down. Had an interception that was called back by Fred Warner. Fred Warner's had kind of a quiet little December here. Yeah, defensively, can't really hate on anything the 49ers did either. They only allowed two touchdowns. Ugly game. The draft order right now, according to Adam Schefter, would be one Arizona Cardinals, two Oakland Raiders. They play Monday night against the Denver Broncos. Three 49ers are 4-11. Four Jets are 4-11. Then you have the Lions, five and ten. Giants, five and ten. Bills, Buccaneers, five and ten. Jaguars, five and ten. Panthers, six and nine. The 49ers are not as bad as the Jets. They're not as bad as the Lions, Giants. Literally every team I named, once they have Jimmy Garoppolo back in their lineup next year, the 49ers have a better team and they're picking above. This is the big storyline of the season here. As long as the 49ers take care of business against the Rams, compete but make sure they don't end up on top Josh Allen could be realistic and I've been really high on this guy Matt Miller is going to be really high on this guy there's a chance he goes number two overall the thing is with the Raiders they got rid of Khalil Mack they didn't replace him they don't have a pass rush right now it really is their number one need if they're going to keep Derek Carr so the 49ers hope will be John Gruden loves one of the QB prospects this year Dwayne Haskins, number two overall. I don't think his rise is going to be that crazy, but I think Dwayne Haskins could get taken in the top 10 for sure. Justin Herbert, I don't think he's that good where John Gruden's going to make that decision. Then again, John Gruden makes terrible decisions here. The 49ers could get the prospect they want because John Gruden's a joker. Who knows who he's going to bring in as his GM? Maybe that'll rein some control back. I think it's pretty clear the Cardinals will go Bosa, even though they have Chandler Jones in back-to-back drafts to get a quarterback and a pass rusher. Then again, there's rumors Steve Wilkes will be gone. Todd Bowles could be in there. 
Maybe they'll hire an offensive mind. There's a lot of people saying, oh, Steve Wilkes, he deserves a second chance. Joe Thomas was saying that. Andrew Hawkins. Sometimes you can just tell when it was the wrong coaching hire, and I think Steve Wilkes is the wrong coaching hire. I don't see him figuring it out, and I'm okay with the Cardinals admitting their mistake, firing Steve Kine. They could have a whole new GM. They could have a whole new everything. It would actually be smart for Michael Bidwell, their owner, to just start it fresh, give someone the number one overall pick and Josh Rose and make it kind of an attractive situation for a head coach and GM to come in, a la John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. We'll see. There's going to be so much draft talk. There's going to be a lot of draft coverage from Blue Wire during the offseason. A lot of our teams that we cover suck, so the draft is very important. Um, Thought we should just go over what the order is. Yeah, there's one week left in the season. Overall, I would give the season like a C plus, maybe even a B minus for the circumstances that they were handed with the injuries and to not be one of the worst teams in the league and to also have one of the worst records (laughs) things went correct guys this could have been a lot worse if they I wasn't going to be mad if they beat the Bears because my angle then would have been this team is actually pretty damn good and they still are for competing but the losing if they get Josh Allen and he is that guy and he has 10 and a half sacks as a rookie and he's winning defensive rookie of the year you're going to be so happy they lost this game to the Bears you're going to be so happy that oh my gosh we should have beat those Cardinals twice you know what I mean you're not really going to care. You're not going to end up caring. I don't even remember the losses now in 2016. It was a painful year. The painful seasons have kind of just bled into each other. And hopefully there's an epiphany next year where this team, all of a sudden, it clicks. And and you can project that. I think it's pretty clear. And some people are starting to connect the dots a little bit. Field Yates is projecting Earl Thomas to the 49ers. It makes a ton of sense. He's also wanted to play with Dallas. Could get competitive. His salary is also going to be, I think, more than Richard Sherman's. Even though he's coming off a broken leg, his track record and the importance that he brings at deep safety that is just so hard to find. You're never going to find another free agent this quality. And I've said before, oh man, I don't want this aging secondary. And by the time the 49ers are really good, are Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman going to be a huge part of the picture? Or even here? It could take that long. But... They got to get up and running. They want to make the playoffs. They have the cap space. Trent Baalke essentially gave them this gift. They could have walked in here with not that much cap room and things would have been a lot more difficult. Use this money to bring in Earl Thomas. It's it's making too much sense. And then Colbert is your backup safety now. And there's ever injuries. I'm feeling good about him coming in. And you're looking for a strong safety in the draft. Marcel Harris, I think he had a dumb penalty yesterday. Yeah, he's the one who hit Trubisky. Let's talk about this. And Richard Sherman in the fighting lot of people coming out praising Richard Sherman. This is a young team. They need to see that kind of fight. I didn't love it because it was a close game and he's off the field and it shows that he lost his cool a little bit. What are you kind of doing, man? Like to be the instigator there and now you're ejected. What if this was next season and this game against the Bears is a must win and the 49ers were right there with the Eagles and other teams trying to make the playoffs here, and Richard Sherman gets ejected. You're not going to be happy about it then. You're happy about it in a meaningless game, I guess. He is who he is. I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I don't want to sound like an old man here, but for people to be like, that, I love seeing that. The young team loves seeing that. Dude, he got ejected. If It was, it would be okay if it was a penalty. He was swinging fists. He defended himself after the game, said he knows he's going to get fined. 
I'm surprised there's not more fights in football, to be honest. That was kind of a dumb hit by Marcel Harris, though. Be smarter than that. No, the 49ers are feisty. Their locker room's good. Look at the Redskins. Just cut DJ Swearinger. Essentially, their Richard Sherman is not on the same page as the coaching staff. It won't be like that with Richard Sherman. He's a different kind of fiery. Maybe he gets ejected from time to time. Maybe he calls out people publicly, but he does it in the right way. In Seattle, he did get on people's nerves a little bit. I don't think you'll see that here, but it will be interesting, the dynamic between him and Earl Thomas. Or If Earl Thomas gets a lot more money and Richard Sherman isn't hitting some of his things, gets hurt next year, is missing out on some money because his contract is structured weird, there is some ways for Richard Sherman to become unhappy in San Francisco with Earl Thomas in the equation. Um, I'm still bringing in Earl Thomas. I'm not saying, oh my God, Richard Sherman, this could rub him the wrong way. Let's not do it. I'm just saying... There is a domino effect when you build a roster and bring characters into a locker room and contracts and money. You know, things can get a little pushy. But this team next year has Josh Allen, Earl Thomas, another linebacker in the draft to go next to Fred Warner, some more safety depth. I think you're just going to inflate that defense where when you have injuries, you're feeling a lot better. And if Josh Allen's good, it's going to change everything. And they stuck with Salah and the scheme is now working. And Earl Thomas, every part of the field is covered. Earl Thomas could come in and not be as good as Richard Sherman was this year. And Richard Sherman wasn't Pro Bowl level, but he's top 12 corner right now in the league. He had a couple big plays, but he essentially in September and October wasn't even being looked at. People were just picking on Akilah Witherspoon. They weren't even looking at his side of the field. And you can argue if that's effective defense or not, but... Um, I'm happy with the Richard Sherman signing. I'm happy with the Mike McGlinchey picks. The 2017 picks were a disaster. If you think C-plus is too high of a grade from the 49ers for me this season, you could say, yeah, look at Reuben Foster, Salma Thomas not making much of an impact. C.J. Beathard has been a bust. Akilah Witherspoon hasn't been that good. You could say, wait a minute, Kevin. This is a D-plus because the 2017 class, all your high assets, you might have blown. You might have wasted your first draft. Then I'll say Kittle. Of course, you didn't waste that entire draft. Trent Taylor had a nice catch yesterday, too. You still have Colbert Brito's coming from an undrafted angle of that class. Nick Mullins is coming from an undrafted part of that class. So there's a debate on both sides here. I don't think you can give the Niners anything better than a C plus because they, they lost a lot of games. But losing those games without Jimmy Garoppolo is fine. If this was a season with Jimmy Garoppolo and they were 4-11, and they would be under a lot of heat for paying him as much money as they did. Their young players got to grow up a little bit more without Jimmy Garoppolo. Dude, pretty much every player on the roster has played more football than Jimmy Garoppolo. He still hasn't even played a full 16 games. That's the scary part about next season. That's the the up-in-the-air question. We can project all we want, but Jimmy G is going to have to go out and do it next year. KJ Podcast, recording outside in Virginia. A squirrel just climbed onto this car, staring at me very creepily. I appreciate everyone. What a hell of a 2018. I think we did something like 72 podcasts this year. If you're a new fan or an OG listener, I appreciate you. We do deep dive analysis on this podcast. I think the offseason is shaping up to be a pretty productive one. I'd love to see Scott McLuhan. I'd love to see some type of draft consultant in there with John Lynch. They haven't hit home runs in free agency yet either. I wouldn't call Weston Richburg a home run. Pierre Garçon, the injuries, he was a little old for them to be counting on as much as I love him. 
Marquise Goodwin's still up in the air if that was a huge hit. Richard Sherman's really been their best signing. Malcolm Smith is going to be gone next year. Earl Mitchell, he's okay. Nothing great. They're going to have to prove it in free agency. They're going to have to prove it in the draft. The 2018 class is looking good. They're going to have to prove it next year. It's the NFL. It's a prove-it business. It doesn't stop. Kyle said this to Matt Mayoko, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. You can't carry momentum over season to season. Things change so much. I am happy with the way this team played. Nick Mullins, you guys are crazy to believe that he's as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's been impressive for sure. I'm open to trading him. A lot of big picture storylines that we're going to get into all offseason. Merry Christmas. Let's hope the Raiders win. How about a Christmas gift like that? The 49ers could be picking second in the draft. All right. Talk to you later. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.